Do you love improv? Because I do. I'm Trent Dozier, host of I Love Improv with Trent Dozier. Join me live on twitch.tv slash the Trident Network every second and fourth Wednesday, where I'm joined by a new guest each episode to talk about and do some improv. Can't catch it live? No worries. Each episode gets turned into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Podcast episodes are released the Wednesday following the live show. So watch live or listen later. But either way, if you love improv, make sure to check out I Love Improv with Trent Dozier, a part of the Trident Network. You're like lightning. It's hard to catch, but it's still there. Why am I here? You're here because the Zetabytes need a new lead singer. Do you know why you're here? Mm, Maybe I'm here to bottle perfection. What I mean is, maybe I'm here to make you. Ba-ba-boom! He's hitting on a frickin' hologram. Hologram. <laughs> hey, Val. Hey, Al. Welcome to D-Commentaries. Thank you. Welcome to you and welcome to our listeners. Today, we're talking about Pixel Perfect. Do we have to? <laughs> oh, no. Uh-oh. <laughs> Do we have to talk about it today, Val? Well, technically, we actually shouldn't be talking about it today. <laughs> so due to probably... It was so long ago that I can't know for sure if it was me or the list that I started with. But a year and a half ago, this movie got marked as being coming out January 16th, 2003, when in fact it came out January 16th, 2004. So our last movie, You Wish, came out in January of 2003. There are quite a few movies in between that one and this one. But we're doing this one today because we did not realize this until this morning. Yeah, so we're going <laughs> to stick to it. Um, so we're jumping to the future with Phil of the Future. Spoiler alert, he's in this movie. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a time. <laughs> it's a time. It's a time. <laughs> Um, definitely very 2004. Yeah. Very 2004. (laughs) Um, okay. Well, let's just dive right in. Um, Pixel Perfect, as I said, came out January 16th, 2004. It was directed by Mark A.Z. DePay. He directed Halloween Town High, but otherwise was not involved in any other DCOMs. And most of his credits were uh, visual effects. Oh, interesting. Which is... Yeah, which is something we've actually had with another director recently, not the same person. So that's kind of interesting. Hmm. But uh, that's there the case. are I think a was, lot of visual effects in this movie. I was going to say, and I think it was um, Scream Team mm-hmm. that it was that that was the case with that one. And that one also had a decent amount of visual effects. So this one definitely had way more. Yeah, definitely like. You know, you you can tell a year that the the difference a year makes <laughs> between then and this one. Yeah. Okay. So it was written by Alan Sachs, who wrote a bunch of episodes of Welcome Back, Cotter, and other stuff. But that was like the thing that I sort of noticed. Um, and then Neil Schusterman, who most notably wrote a bunch of episodes of Goosebumps and Animorphs, mm. which also makes a lot of sense for this. Yeah. 
this cast is kind of wide, but like a lot of small characters. Weird. Um, Ricky or Raviv Ullman. Mm-hmm. Val, uh, Val guessed that he was Jewish and he is. <laughs> oh, he is so Jewish. He was born in Israel. Mm-hmm. I did read that as a part. Matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he played Roscoe. It's a lot of R's going on. And Raviv or Ricky, as he was known back then, was the voice of Phil in Phil of the Future. And otherwise, he hasn't done a ton. I mean, he's done a few things here and there. He was in one of the Kim Possible movies, but that's mostly it. Uh, Leah Pipes played his pal, Samantha, and uh, she's been in a, you know, she's a character actor. She's been in a bunch of things, but uh, recently she was on the new, like, reboot of Charmed. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. I did Mm -hmm. see that she was on an episode of 911. Yes. And I looked up the episode and I did remember watching it, so... Oh, okay. Um, Spencer Redford played Loretta Modern, our favorite singing hologram. And whoever chose the name Loretta, I would just like to sit down and have a talk with. (laughs) I get the last name Modern because we'll talk about like why it is the way it is. But like, yeah, Loretta to me makes no sense. Who knows? And she stopped acting in 2007. She did. Mm -hmm. She said, Al went to high school. Got to stop acting. Yep, I peaked. Yeah. Al is about to. Yeah, peak not, also. Yeah, because no. I peaked in high school. Agree. <laughs> you did say that. Hard you have agree. said that. You have said that. I don't agree, but you have I said do. that. Chris Williams played Daryl Fibbs. Um, he's been in a decent amount of stuff. Like he's a character actor, but he you might recognize him from Dodgeball, Californication, The Great Indoors. He was in uh, an episode of the Black Lady Sketch Show. Oh. Oh, which is fun. That's a great show. Yeah. And, and um, Ashley Nicole Black, who's one of the writers and actors in the Black Lady Sketch Show, came from Chicago. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. And Silicon Valley he was on. And he's done a bunch of voice acting, too. Cool. Yeah. He's a big character yeah. actor then. Yes. Portia Coleman played Rachel, the bassist of the band. She is a character actor. She's been in like one of everything. Tanya Gunati uh, played Cindy. She is also in Go Figure, which I believe is another DCOM mm-hmm. that I have not seen. And she was in the show Enlisted, which came out like in the 2010 era type sort of time period. It was like a co- sitcom about being in the military. Oh. <laughs> Short lived. Um, and she's done a ton of voice acting. OK. Um, OK. Brett Cullen played Roscoe's dad, Xander. He has been in a ton of stuff. Like, he's a character director, but he's been in some movies and stuff, too. He was in Apollo 13. He was in The Replacements. He was in On Golden Pond. Mm. He was in a bunch of episodes of The West Wing, which is definitely what I recognized him from. I tried to watch that once. It didn't work. West Wing? Yeah. Uh, It's one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, it's not an Al show. That's fine. It's one of the only shows that I've watched, like, more than once mm. all the way through. That's Friends yeah. for me. Mm-hmm, sure. And Friends is not a Val, Val show. show. So, yeah. you know. Uh, he was also in Friday Night Lights, Lost, 42, the movie 42, um, Person of Interest, uh, Narcos, True Detective, The Blacklist. I mean, he's he's Everywhere. been a lot of stuff. Yeah, those are just ones where he was on like multiple episodes. This is the dad. So, this is the dad. Nice. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. got a great soul patch in this movie. 
I know. I was like, why? Why does this like scientist have a soul patch? Why don't um, more scientists have soul patches? <laughs> that is the question. question of the day. Nate Stevens played Max McAllister. Uh, he was the like friend slash doofus that uh, Roscoe doofus. tutored and wanted to go on a date with Loretta. He was only in one other movie ever. Joyce Cohen played Dr. McAllister. I believe this was the dad's boss. The blonde woman? Yeah. Yes, that's for sure right, because she was Max's mom, and they have the same last name. Uh, she was in Independence Day, Touched by an Angel, and High School Musical. Cool. Okay. Here's the synopsis. It's long. I can't wait. <laughs> When Samantha's band isn't gaining any recognition, her friend Roscoe uses his father's technology to create a sensational lead singer who's really a hologram. They call her Loretta Modern, and she's a huge success, even when people find out she's not real. However, Samantha starts to get jealous, and eventually Loretta has to leave, although Sam's not as good as fr at fronting the band. What will happen to the group? <laughs> That is not, I don't know. That had me in the first half. Not going to lie. The first the half. The first half is exactly what happens. And then we get to the end and it's like, oh, we're trying to leave you some, some what's going to happen. But that's literally like the last 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> also, it frames it as if this movie is from Samantha's perspective. It's not. Oh, it's from Roscoe's yeah. perspective. Also, Samantha, I mean, I guess she's jealous, but it's not that simple. Like she has a lot of like issues with the fact that this is a hologram and that her best friend slash the person she has a crush on is like Obsessed infatuated with, with yeah. a fake human, like a not real person. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, the business is done. So Al, did you have any first impressions of this film? Well, I was, I have to say, I was so excited for this movie because part of me remembered it a little bit. Yeah. And I had such a crush on Revive Ullman at the time. I had the biggest crush on Phil of the Future. I was so excited to watch this movie. And this was one of those where I had to pause and come back to it 12 hours later because I I could I was I stopped paying attention. I, I, I'm, I'm supposed to take notes of these movies and I stopped paying attention. <laughs> I started playing games on my phone. So I was very not into it. So I took a pause. I finished the rest of it. I don't know. It's hard because I don't think it's the worst movie we've seen by any means, but it was just so stupid. <laughs> it was just so stupid. It was kind of what we see as a huge, huge pattern in all of these decoms, which is it's the same thing over and over again. It's the dog running away. It's the parents getting younger and younger, you know, like whatever mm -hmm. it is. It's the same thing over and over again where this one was Loretta does something good. Sam gets jealous. They find a way to be fine. Then Loretta does something good and Sam gets jealous. They find a way to be fine. So like it was just repetitive um, and didn't hold my attention enough. I'm going to give this movie a three and a half. Okay. So all of this to say, my first impression was it was a movie that you play games during. <laughs> Val, what was your first impressions? <laughs> so I 
liked this better than the last couple movies that we've watched. Okay. Which is hard to say because we are here in a dance. So I we know, don't really have the cushion of what's around it. Right. Totally. But based on like the last two movies that we watched were You Wish and Scream Team. And I did not like those movies. Yeah, that's true. So this one, I think this movie was very well intentioned. Yeah. It had a lot of, it was trying to wrestle with a lot of really big ideas. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think that Raviv Ullman was up to the challenge of wrestling with all these big ideas. He's, he's got a winning smile. He's cute. He's not like a bad actor, but like, like he kept doing this thing every time he was like, in the movie, he was trying to convey that he was like anxious where he'd like mess with his hair. And he did the same like physicality every single time. It was like mm. he had no like range in terms of like actual like what an actual human being would do in this situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was just sort of like, I have to do something, you know, kind of thing. And it was distracting to me. Yeah, because like I, I'm I'm all in like I want to be lost in the you know, in the movie, I, I'm willing to, to su- suspend some disbelief, yeah. you know, for, for the sake of like getting more into any story. But what pulls me out more than anything is like subpar acting. <laughs> like it just drives me nuts. And I thought that Sam was a, like the, the girl playing Samantha was a pretty good actor, but I like everyone else in this movie was kind of like whatever yeah the dad was fine but he didn't have anything to work against because he was in every scene with with uh roscoe so i i just i felt like this movie tried took a big swing and swung itself right out of the inning yeah um i love sports i love sports go baseball um so yeah that is kind of how i felt this wasn't based on a book, was it? No, but it felt it like it felt was. It felt like it. I did. I don't know who did it, but I did love the music. Not the music that they were performing. I liked the score. And the score. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about the music that they were performing as we do like the synopsis and everything. Yeah. But I did like the score a lot. Let's see who did it. And it might be the same person who I always point out. Music by Phil Marshall. Yeah, I think it is the person. It's He did The Ultimate Christmas Present. He did Jumping Ship. He did Double Teamed. He did Ring of Endless Light. He, he, did, he did Right on Track. Val, sometimes I'm smart. <laughs> you are smart. You're very smart. No, I'm not. Especially when it comes to music. Al, uh, did you have any favorite quotes or moments? Um, well... <laughs> Uh, I my first note was start strong with the score. Mm. We don't have a narrator in this movie. That's true. So that's some that's some Al points right there. Mm-hmm. I love that Roscoe drives a Honda Element. <laughs> yes. A couple of my favorite quotes were some of the band names: Moist Towelette, <laughs> and then Infectious Measles. <laughs> Ended up getting the chicken fox. And then until someone bottles perfection, we're stuck with what we got. I liked Mm -hmm. that. And Mm -hmm. then the other one I liked was 
uh, arrogant ball of slime. But when he first said it, I had to rewind because I thought he said arrogant bald slime, uh, which made sense too because the guy was bald who he was talking about. Um, but that's about it. Val, any favorite, any favorite quotes and moments? <laughs> okay. Most of mine are like deep. Oh, great. When they tried to be deep. No one cares about real. They want larger than life. Okay, Backstreet Boys. I wish there were some secret to being everything everyone wanted us to be. Yep. Okay, Val, Val's making me think right now, and it's it's a Thursday night. I'm trying not to. <laughs> this this uh, quote made no sense. What do you do with all the those butts? Ship them off to China. Was that with the search engine? <laughs> no, it was like uh, there was a lot of like, but the like oh. like B U T S. It it was stupid. <laughs> what do we do now? Sweet sixteens and bar mitzvahs. <laughs> <laughs> what did you tell her? My way or the information superhighway? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the part of this movie felt like Wreck It Ralph. Uh, the second one, Ralph wrecks the internet. There was also a part that felt like Janet's void from The Good Place. Oh, yeah, I'd get that. Mm -hmm. Those are the quotes. As far as favorite moments, I do want to say a least favorite moment. Okay, that counts. Uh, there is a moment where, where someone makes a comment about someone's weight. Mm, I knew, yeah, I knew you were going to bring this up. But I'm glad you did. Um, first of all, they were talking about Samantha, who is tall and thin and like in no universe is this person overweight. But that's frankly irrelevant. Mm -hmm. I paused because I was so f fucking irate. Oh, explicit. She's uh, going to have to mark this one explicit. I'm going to have to mark it as explicit, but it's worth it because I like I know this was a different time. I get it. And I'm very glad that I think for the most part, like this, no one would put that comment in a movie now, not even because necessarily because that person who's writing it doesn't think that way, but just because it wouldn't fly, like it wouldn't be well received. Mm -hmm. So like society, at least to a large degree, other than like, you know, corners that we don't want to go anywhere near have moved past this. But man, it like immediately brought me back to being exactly her age at exactly that time and feeling insecure about my body. And like, it just like, it made me mad because I think that when you make movies for kids and teenagers, you have an extra responsibility to like protect them. And this movie broke that contract. Like this movie did not protect the viewers that might've had eating disorders. Cause I knew I can't tell you like, when when we were growing up, it's kind of funny because like, you know, super low rise jeans and crop tops are all coming back into style. And and to some degree, I think that a lot of people who don't have like the traditional body type for that type of apparel are sort of defying that and wearing that stuff anyway. And I'm very glad that they are, you know, good for them. But that type of clothing was made for people who are sticks and because of that, I think in when we were growing up, when I was in like late middle and early high school, especially that like it led to so much body insecurity and body dysmorphia. Like 
I watched so many of my friends have to be repeatedly put into inpatient centers to deal with their eating disorders. I had an eating disorder for 10 years. And so I would be remiss if I did not call out this comment and talk about how much it fucking pissed me off because it's just, it's not necessary. It's not necessary. It's, this movie was written by men Mm -hmm. very clearly. Yeah. And I also think that that is reflected in a lot of the way that the girls behave in this movie. Like it is so clearly not from their perspective. Yeah. Like no matter how many times Roscoe is like, frankly, misogynistic and like really problematic throughout this movie, he is still the hero. He, we're always like, we're supposed to feel, oh, why does nobody understand him? Mm -hmm. Why is his dad ignoring him? Why doesn't Sam just give him a break? Like we're, you know, we're supposed to feel for him. Right. And it's like, what? <laughs> like this guy literally enslaved a robot basically to do his bidding and won't free her and keeps changing her to make her more and more like his dream girl. He he stole his dad's research to do this and he's ignoring the fact that he is very aware and his friend is very clearly telling him that she is in love with him yeah. and he just won't deal with it. He's not the hero of this story, but the way that it's written makes him so. And that is annoying. Annoying. So anyway, no to fat comments. None. Thank you, Val, for saying something. Now we can move on. I am privileged enough to have not gone through, like, um, I would say an eating disorder phase. And so I don't want to comment on it um, as you kind of went through that. So you have a bit more of um, an insight to how it can affect like young teens. Yeah. And I think that like, even if you didn't have an eating disorder, like you can still under, like you were still a teenage girl yeah. during this time. Yeah. You know, I just like, don't want to comment on like, like that part of it. Cause I haven't gone sure. through that. So sure. It's no fun. I'm glad you never yeah. <laughs> had to experience that. Um, okay. Welcome to Spoiler City, where we spoil the city. My name's Al, my top is off, and this is my co-host Val, and her top is also off. Val. It turns out our clothes are a hologram. (laughs) When we went outside, they just weren't there. Whooshed (laughs) off. All right, let's get started. Uh, In the beginning, we start with an incredible score. We start with an incredible score and no narrator. Y'all know I was thriving for about four and a half seconds until the rest (laughs) of the movie started. Um, We see a tech whiz doing tech whiz things with a computer cat. Then he FaceTimes his friend Samantha, who has this audition uh, for something. We don't know what yet. And then we see that he created a hologram. His cat is a hologram. Um, He was using uh, this hologram technology to create all these things. And we find out that it's his dad's. His dad is this very big scientist in town. And then he gets in the car to go to the audition that he was talking about with Samantha. And the band, the, and he, the bar is called ear splitter. And it kind (laughs) of looks like he drove up to a spirit Halloween if it were a warehouse. Um, so you know that wherever they filmed it, they were just like, can we just get a warehouse? And then we'll just put like a banner that we printed from FedEx Kinko's up. Cool. Thanks. Um, (laughs) then we know that the audition was his best friend. Samantha is in a rock band and she is everyone say it with me. Not actually singing. Um, Oh my God. Oh, a la Hillary Duff. 
in uh, in Lizzie McGuire movie, they dubbed over all of these girls singing, and it is so bad. The sinking, there is no sinking. It is. I've never seen anything. Yeah, like this it's before. it's bad. It is. <laughs> After I do the synopsis, I could potentially change my three and a half. Um, So she's not singing. She gets cut off by the British guy who's in charge of the auditions and was like, you're bad. Can you dance and not play guitar? And she's bad. And so then then the next band looks like the Spice Girls. If there were only three spices and he's like, this is what I'm talking about, baby. And so they end up like doing really well. Then Ricky Ullman goes to Samantha's room to talk to her. He touches her hand ever so slightly. And then they're like, (gasps) and then they're not holding hands anymore. And then he tells her to add someone to the band. We can tell in this moment that she likes him. Um, He's having, then Ricky Ullman goes home and I'm going to call him Ricky Ullman because this is what he was at the time. That's what he was at the time. At the time. Mm -hmm. But I want everyone to know he does prefer Revive now. And his character name was Roscoe. So if you hear me during any his of this, name, say yeah. Roscoe, so that's if I'm, I'm talking, talking about, about someone with an R name, yeah, thank you, Val. Mm-hmm. So then he sits at the dinner table with his dad, and he's having a conversation with him. And then he turns, and it's he wasn't talking to Ricky at all. He was on a Bluetooth having a different conversation about science things. Then he comes up with an idea and is looking through a bunch of CDs and a bunch of magazines, and he does a bunch of science with all these CDs and all these magazines. And then the next day he goes to the band auditions where they're auditioning their fourth member to be like their lead singer of the band. So it's Samantha, her guitar, uh, her bass guitarist and her drummer are the the band, the Zeta Bites. So they're auditioning like who's going to be their front runner. And we see a girl doing a monologue who didn't do that bad for high school. Mm. Um, And then we see a tap dancer and whatever. Then we have um, this random girl who's not on the audition list, like walk up the stairs And she starts singing their song and sounds exactly the same as Samantha. Exactly. I mean, they literally use the same person uh, to do both (laughs) singing voices. It's absolute insanity. Mm -hmm. And then she is supposed like a really good dancer. And by really good, I mean, like ballet mixed with like chaos in a mosh pit is what I'd say, but like a mosh pit where it's only her. And it requires a stool. Yeah. Like it requires a prop. (laughs) Oh my God. It was so bad. I mean, it was, it was EDM ballet. Like it was bad. (laughs) And then I do have to say too, that their song that they wrote is how do I say awful? Okay. (laughs) Then uh, we learn out that her name is Loretta modern and Samantha trips and falls into her and she's a hologram. And Ricky Ullman's like, surprise. First red flag. Oh, first red flag. He is controlling. Like that is creepy that he didn't just say to her, why don't we just make it a hologram? I can make them perfect. Let's just do that. Yeah. The fact that she has a crush on this man, it's problematic. Oh, he doesn't deserve her. No, he does not at all. Um, Then we find out that holograms can only exist indoors. She tries touching the outside and then her hand goes away. So he has to science her hand back. Which also like, what the fuck? (laughs) The code disappears. This is an explicit episode. Val is pissed. (laughs) Um, Then dad's home and they don't want him to come because Ricky Ullman is still sciencing with the computer. And so... The drummer of the band goes to the window and starts using the car alarm to 
uh, get dad to go back to the car, go back to the car. She makes a funny technology line. I didn't write it down. Go watch the movie if you care. (laughs) Then they find out how are they going to store her and they find a canister. So it's basically like a can of beans as if there were no beans in there and you just like put a hologram in there. Um, Basically like a big USB. It has a USB port. Yeah. Yeah. And I was shocked that they already had USB ports and they're the same as they are today. Yeah, so I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, later, then dad tries to help Ricky Ullman and then he ignores Samantha's phone call because he's trying to like fix the hologram Loretta. Then the measles were supposed to play the school dance and they got sick with the chicken pox. And so they needed a band to fill in. So they get Samantha's band to fill in and then um loretta comes out as their lead singer and everyone boos them they like you suck when they come out at first because they really wanted the measles to play and then um everyone loves them and then samantha's like pissed that they're obsessed with her and i wrote you know where this is going he takes he takes pictures of her loretta and we could tell that he's kind of getting like a little crush on her and then the pictures don't turn out because she's a val say it with me hologram So uh, Max is uh, a friend from school and uh, Max is the Roscoe, Ricky Ullman's dad, works for a company where his boss is Max's mom. So that's how these four people are all connected. So Max uh, is stupid um, and he tutored him earlier in the movie. It wasn't important until right now. And then Max is like, I can I can make sure your dad doesn't get fired if you set me up on a date with Loretta. So then they go on a double date. He asked Sam to go with her. She was excited at first. And then she realized that Loretta was going to be there, too. Dad calls and he's mad at like protocols being changed. And he leaves the table um, like Ricky Ullman leaves the table of this double date so he can go talk to his dad. And then because he leaves the table, he's not monitoring the the hologram settings, um, which is basically kind of looks like um, if you had a motorized a sound. uh, a soundboard or like a motorized uh like car or airplane or drone, like one of those yeah. things kind of. He has this like teeny tiny laptop. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen on TikTok when people make fake laptops for their cats. Oh, yeah. It's like that size. And that was in 2004. And we still don't have that shit today in 2022. <laughs> and then she starts going crazy because no one's monitoring it. And so her like the technology is absolutely wild. Um, Her lips fly off and her feet melt. And she's like talk to the hand and then an ear goes on there. I mean, it's absolute fucking insanity. I'm going to start swearing now that we're, this is explicit. This is explicit. This is how I typically talk in my daily life. Okay. (laughs) Then Ricky Ullman goes to Samantha's house and he talks to her mom playing the guitar. She's studying with Loretta, which is crazy because Sam took her home in the can of beans and then they kind of fight like sisters. So this is where I believe, Mm -hmm. um, Loretta made, made the comment about her weight um, which was ab- like absolutely uncalled for. And then uh, she sings a song. Uh, Sam sings a song that she wrote about like, I have a crush on a guy and he doesn't know. And so it's like clearly just like about, s- him. about him and s- synopsisizing the entire first <laughs> part of the movie. So then then they have another audition where they get cast at Amateur Night, which is how the British guy finds out that they have a fourth member and he's like, oh yeah, actually like you guys are good and now mm-hmm. and you're not shitty. So then they will get to meet Daryl Phibbs, which is the um, uh, uh, Dr. Dre of 
of the movie. This universe. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Dre, who is basically a recruiter for this like music uh, company. What are those called? Production company? <laughs> A music label? Music label. Thank you. Record that. label. Um, and so then they're all super excited. They go back to the car and they left Loretta in the ear splitter. And then we have this moment of like, <laughs> I don't know what I would have done if I lost you. Um, but Samantha did leave her there on purpose. She was like, I thought you had her. And he's like, I thought you had her. And then she's literally standing like, I wish I could touch rain. <laughs> she sucks. Um, so then Sam's all mad. <laughs> Sam's all mad, and so she goes to. I wish I could touch Rain. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't get it. Literally, she's like, I don't know what it's like to feel. Fucking this fucking fucker. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So then, jealous Sam goes to Ricky Ullman's house. Who knows how she gets in? I don't know. She storms past. I think she thinks he's there. So she goes into like the lair, the lab, and she's like looking through. Oh, so this is how you created Loretta. And then she finds pictures of herself. This woman finds pictures of herself that said 0%, 0%, 0%. So, so basically he had like taken 50% Britney Spears legs and then had pictures of Sam's legs and just said 0%. <laughs> well, he, he, it was worse than that. It, he, he wrote 4%, crossed it out. And then and wrote, like, so bad. So then she, uh, they're at the concert and she's like, goes up to Ricky Ullman and she's like, what part, what part of me did you like enough to keep? And they have this like moment where he's like, I gave her your ears. Which, like, this was your moment to be like, I gave her your integrity or I gave her your, <laughs> like, your strong-willed, powerful womanness. And and then Roscoe they just, is the villain. Roscoe, have, have you ever seen Devil Wears Prada and Adrienne Grenier is the villain? That is exactly what's happening here. So then we're at the concert and people are like eating this shit up. They like love, they love her. They love the band. And she starts to malfunction. I don't know, Val, did we find out how she starts to malfunction? Yeah, it's so stupid and manufactured. So a satellite on a news van outside like malfunctions and starts like interfering with her broadcast or whatever. And so like the weather starts like projecting through her. It's very Absolutely insane. So then people are like, oh, boo, what? And then they're like, wait, she's not real. That I love it. And everyone's like, and so they like love that she's not real. Um, And so then they find out that she's a hologram. She's not real. So it becomes like the talk of the town. Dvibs is like, oh, I like this a lot. Which, by the way, real quick interjection, the guy who played Defebs had the most beautiful blue eyes. Oh, yeah. He was gorgeous. Oh, my goodness. He is the guy who I thought the bald line was about. He was like, that bald (laughs) slime. (laughs) But it was really just ball of slime. So then Loretta gets interviewed and uh, they get famous. So then the band starts to, like, get gain some traction. They get in a studio like they're getting signed by a label. Like all of this is like really good news. And they're like, why do we have to keep doing this again? Can we get through the song like once or twice? And it's just like they are having trouble there. And then dad and son fight over whether or not Loretta is real. 
So do holograms have feelings? Do Is she real? No, you created her. No, she's my friend and I have a crush on her and I really like to have her sleep with me in my bed sometimes. So, you know. This is where it started to, like, veer into a good place territory, like, in terms of that sort of conversation. Because, like, Janet in the good place, for those who have not seen it, and I'm this isn't really spoiling much, but, like, Janet is a essentially a a robot or a code like yeah. program, not a real person. And, and she is very self-aware. So like, <laughs> like this guy at one point has a crush on her and he's like, you're such a great girl. And she always goes, not a girl, but thank you. <laughs> like always. But it felt like this sort of same thing where like, can, can, and I mean, we talk about this all the time. Can a computer, can a program become sentient? Mm -hmm. Like, how do we verify that? How, like what causes that to happen? Is it okay to have feelings for them? Is it okay to have feelings for someone who you also created and control entirely? Uh, a lot of, lot I of think big we should questions. all watch the movie Her. Yes. It's actually, another great I actually did really like that movie. I watched it during lockdown. It's a great movie. Yeah. Again, similar kind of thing where it's like, what are the ethics around this? Yeah. I think we've had this conversation before about other movies, other decoms where they're trying so hard to make some kind of comment about like some big idea. Yeah. And they miss so hard because like, like Roscoe's again supposed to be like the hero where he's like she is real she has feelings we have to protect her you can't own her you can't like just keep her in the soup can until you need her and like you know all this stuff but he was using her yeah he thought of her as an object he like he is controlling her I, I like it's sort of I don't know I and and he doesn't reckon with that like there's never a moment where he's like I feel bad because I did the same thing and I didn't even realize what I was doing until I saw someone else doing it more bald face than I was doing it yeah you know like that would have been interesting instead he gets to somehow be the hero even though he's a misogynist pig narcissist so anyway sorry keep going that's okay <laughs> Val hates Ricky Ullman. So, and then. No, then, I hate Roscoe. <laughs> um, so then Ricky Ullman and Loretta fight over whether she is real. So now he's fighting with her whether or over she's real. And she says, uh, why am I never good enough for you? And then she goes to Tokyo. So she jumps into the internet. This is very Ralph breaks the internet. We literally see. Oh, you know what this part looked like? Um, was kind of an inside out when they go to like Riley's mind spots, like she kind oh, of like, yeah. it looks very yeah. much like that. And then we see a montage of internet puns and the search engine and blah, blah, blah. And then she's kind of like stuck in, in this ether, this internet ether. And uh, she emails herself to Samantha and Samantha's like, well, fuck this shit. I'm not opening this email. <laughs> So she's basically stuck in Samantha's computer. So then Samantha, uh, I wrote she kisses him. And I think she like kisses him on the cheek, right? No, Samantha. No, no, no. So there's a moment where Samantha, and I really respected her character for this. She's so upfront with him. Yeah. And she literally at one point, like just kisses him on the mouth. Mm -hmm. And she's just basically says, I like you. Like, I am a human, real person. Yeah. Hello. And then he's an idiot, yeah. of course. <laughs> so so she kisses him and he's more worried about Loretta. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And then him and his dad have a heart to heart. And Loretta asks what it's like to feel in love because she doesn't know. Um, Also, Loretta, Sam's like, okay, fine. I just told you I like you, but I'll give you your robot back. Um, So then he gets Loretta back and she asks what it feels like to feel in love. And so he like talks about it's like dancing around a room and blah, blah, blah. Then him and dad have a meeting together at the record label company and the record labor's label is like, we're going to exploit the one we've got because now that they know they can create one hologram, they want to create a fleet of holograms. And basically they like bought Loretta from them and Roscoe's dad's boss is there too. And she's like, we've got to like, this is great. And then dad sides with um, Roscoe being like, no, robots have feelings like we shouldn't exploit them for what they're worth. And then Dfibs also leaves and uh, gives Loretta the choice because they basically bought him. Then dad and Roscoe leave. And they're like, we're going to try to figure something out. And Dfibs is like, hey, I can either put you in this can of beans or you can go into this cell phone and jump yourself into the Internet. Then Dfibs is like, I'm leaving. I'm going to start my own record label like you suck. Uh, I don't want to take advantage of robots. And then because she's not there, there's no concert. Then Sam dons a wig and sings because this entire time, too, she's been like working on her dancing and working on her singing. So she does a cartwheel and falls off the stage and goes into a coma. So we're at the hospital. Her parents are by her bedside. Ricky Ullman is there. And then Loretta comes back. She's like, no, I was in I was in Japan. And now I came in from from the <coughs> cell phone. And the, then she like goes into Sam's hospital room and she's like, what's this thing? And it's the like heart monitor. And he's it's like the EKG, EKG. For, or EEG, whatever the brain one, the brain scan. Yeah. So he's like, once you go in there, you can't come back out. She's like, okay. So she goes in there. It's a very Harry and Dumbledore moment when we like see like little tiny fetus Voldemort, like struggling underneath the bench. So it's very that where Mm -hmm. like Loretta's like, Sam, your hardware is broken. And she like fixes the guitar and then she like fixes Sam. So basically Loretta saves Sam's life. Then Sam wakes up. But it's not Sam, it's Loretta. So then she goes outside to feel the rain. And then once she feels the rain, she like leaves her body like a fucking ghost. And then she's gone. And then we hear a song literally like like as if a soul is leaving her body. And you're literally sitting there like, what the fuck did I just watch? And then... The the best part of the movie is we're at this moment where we're like, I don't know what the fuck I just watched. And then a song starts playing. And the first lyric is, I don't understand. And I was like, that's me right now. What did I just watch? Basically, then Sam is the lead. Uh, she's alive now. She's saved. She's the lead of the band. They have someone else playing the guitar. And then Ricky Ullman kisses her and they are now together and a pair, uh, whatever. Val, what part of the movie did I miss that you want to mention that is? I, no, it's, <laughs> it's not that you missed anything. It's that it's so bad. This whole, <laughs> this whole movie is a conversation about agency. 
how how much control does someone have over their own body, their own existence, right? Mm-hmm. And then she and literally the takes last, the last body. thing that happens is she fucking possesses Sam's body with it's as far as I'm aware, without her permission, and takes her outside when she is literally in a hospital because she has a severe brain injury and no and one follows out frolics after. around yeah and then and then when she leaves sam collapses and has to be helped back inside so she does i guess save her life but also she literally possesses her body without her permission and that is fucked up who wrote fucked this movie up. Who wrote this movie? I want to have a fucking talk with you. Why did you do this? Why did you do this to us? The last thing I wrote. Because at the very end at this concert, the last thing is they see like her. They were like, oh, who was singing backup? I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. Oh, we must have a guardian angel. And then there's like some pixels of fucking Loretta off to the side. And I, the last thing I wrote was, what the fuck? She's a ghost now? <laughs> like, that was literally the last fucking thing that I wrote. Oh, yeah. Because. Literally makes no sense. Okay. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. wow, wow. Yeah, I have nothing else. Nothing else. Let's go to bingo. Let's go to bingo. All right. Welcome to Pix- Pixley Perfectly bingo Okay. I don't know. Um, I think you started last time, so I'll start. One hit wonder song. Well, there's four songs by this imaginary band, and they are all on Spotify. Whoa. So they are in our Spotify playlist. Um, I wasn't expecting that. I know. Like, actual bands' songs are not on Spotify from these movies, so I was shocked. But they are all there. And they're so bad they are but enjoy them um also loretta Ma- i didn't explore this as much but there was definitely someone named loretta modern on spotify too wow. so i'll have to investigate but i think even though they had more than one hit i think that they were a one hit one i agree the zeta bites the zeta bites breaking the fourth wall or looking into the camera i didn't see any me neither all right holiday themed Nope. Nope. Sad. Clunky metaphor. We've already talked about this. Yeah, we don't need to go through it again. Parents who just don't get it. Absolutely. Yeah. Val, would you say dad was hot dad, cool dad, or cool hot dad? Hot dad turned cool dad towards the end? Definitely with that soul patch, hot dad. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's hot. He's hot. Yeah, he's hot. Mm-hmm. A cool non-parent adult. I say defibs. Yeah, defibs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone too famous for a TV movie. Nope. Nope. Competition to resolve central problem. No. Yeah, because the concert wasn't like a battle of the bands or anything. No. A montage sequence. Next box. <laughs> literally this entire movie is a montage it's there's a fashion montage there's a there's a dancing montage there's a audition montage there's a uh uh 
Loretta becoming famous montage. There are so many freaking montages. Val hates montages. I hate narrators. <laughs> uh, cliche villains. Yeah. Ricky Ullman. <laughs> Ricky Ullman and also the record label. Yeah, executive. the record label. Uh, there is literally a conversation. We didn't mention it explicitly, but there's literally a conversation where they say we are going to make a version of Loretta in every ethnicity. We'll get all of the like audiences. They just said it. <laughs> like, yeah, it was wow. a little rough. Woo. Yeah, it was bad. I mean, they had to be so evil to be more evil than Roscoe. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> okay clothes or items you owned oh yeah you go ahead al i have one too uh i had in samantha's room she had a blow up uh chair did you have a blow up that's chair? what mine is ah! that's what mine was <laughs> i had a purple one i had a blue one. Oh my gosh the whole color spectrum gen z we used to have <laughs> inflatable furniture in our rooms that intro <laughs> And we used it. I sat in that inflatable chair all the time. I probably sat. I probably sat in mine four total times. And then. Oh, my God. I said clothes said, just sat on it the rest of the time. <laughs> I sat in mine every single day. Wow. Mm-hmm. Until she married Michael. Yeah. It moved with me. Everywhere <laughs> I went. <laughs> uh, Ron Tomatoes 40 to 60. Oh, God. Um, I don't trust myself. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say I'm going to say what I wish it were. 33. 62. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck that. Fuck that 62. Turn that upside down. Someone in March of 2013. This was my favorite Disney Channel original movie. I really wish they could have made sequels or a TV show out of it. Oh, that's someone with some internalized misogyny. <sighs> Happily ever after. I mean, I guess. guess so. Not for Loretta. Well, I don't know. She's a ghost. I don't know. Is she happy? Maybe. But is Sam happy? Like, is she really going to be happy dating? Is this the first time Roscoe? we shouldn't mark this box? <laughs> no, we'll mark it. Okay. It's it's meant to be happy, happily ever after. I'm just skeptical. Yeah, me too. Almost kissing. Yeah. Yep. We had a bunch of almost kissing and a real kissing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone who became famous. No. Nope. Betraying of one's real friends or values. Yeah, I'd say so. Oh, we don't yeah. even need a discussion. We've already heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Your childhood crush. Yeah. If I had seen this at this time, I definitely would have thought he was cute. And I think Defibs is cute. Defibs. <laughs> obviously bad special effects or stunts special effects i mean yeah there's a lot of like weird like when she malfunctions at the restaurant yeah it's oh that was weird. rough i forgot that happened i blocked that out yeah disney channel star ricky allman yeah yeah musical number Els <laughs> ah! finally glad with the, about this movie <laughs> Made it better. It made it worse, but it made it better. It would have just been so, just like, let the girls sing. Just let them sing and it would have been fine. Right. Like cast someone who can sing. Yeah. It's really not that hard. There's plenty of actors who can sing. Yeah. Uh, um, Magic. 
Science magic. Science magic. I hate to admit it, but it's true. Uh, someone says the title of the movie. No. No. They say pixel and they say perfect, but they never say them together. Boo. Boo. Scuba dude. Yes, kind of. Yeah, because he like fights for the thing and then like. Yeah. yeah. I guess like the whole creating of her in the first place is also kind of his Scooby doing solution of the initial problem. Yeah. Well, and then we get to the next one, which is the heroes create the problem. And he very much did. 100 <laughs> percent. Uh, lead is a fish out of water. Not Roscoe. I guess you could count. I would say she's one of the leads. Yeah. OK. We got a bingo, didn't we? Val, uh, we got four. <laughs> I had to look back through and make sure I was looking at it right. We got our first line down. One hit wonder song, cool non-parent adult, closer items you own, betraying of one's real friends or values and magic. Then one, two, three, four, flying down, clunky metaphor, a montage sequence, almost kissing, Disney Channel star, the hero create, creates a problem. Going down, one, two, three, four, there, betraying of one's real friends or values, your childhood crush, obviously bad special effects or stunts, Disney Channel star, a musical number. And last but not least, we start from our magic square and go up in diagonal. We've got magic, your childhood crush, happily ever after, a montage sequence, and parents who just don't get it. One good thing came out of this movie. <laughs> And it's that we this got is, four fucking bingos. <laughs> four fucking bingos. Four fucking bingos. Four fucking bingos. Four fucking bingos. We got four fucking bingos. Bingo, bingo, bingo. Four. Okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> that was sure, sure shit the time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play a game. Let's play a game. Uh, this game is called Our Band Caught the Measles. Next one up is. <laughs> what? Val, um, uh, thanks for playing Our Band Caught the Measles. Next one up is. In this game, I'm going to give you a band name and you're going to have to tell me if it's a real or fake band name. Oh, awesome. This is a game plug for another show on the Trident Network Stupid Games Stupid Prizes Justin Swinson's live show on our Twitch channel he plays this game sometimes oh so then you might uh, know some of these probably not okay all right Val number one I guess this is good that we've been saying fucking so much because I was like I don't know if I'm gonna put this I'm gonna put it anyway our your first band name is well this is that was a spoiler I guess <laughs> porno for pyros real yeah it's a real band name. Uh, we got tomb bones, one word. Tomb bones. Like trombones, but without an R? Uh, no, it's like it's like tomb and bones, but they took out another B, so it's tomb bones. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Fake! I took nah. out the other B! <laughs> uh, number three, we've got the, the. Real. Real. Uh, next one is enough is enough. <laughs> Not real. <laughs> it's real. No, it's E N 
U F F Z apostrophe U N F. Enough. Enough. <laughs> All right, then we have the mug time. No. Hell yeah, that's mine. Good job. <laughs> the mug time. The mug time. Uh, we have Natalie Portman's shaved head. Real. That is real. They are now called <laughs> Bright Futures, but I do believe they have disbanded. Oh. And shoot. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jr. No. That's real. <laughs> All right, oh so you God. got one, two, three, four out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Hey, you got over 50%. Great. Thanks for playing. Our band got the measles. Next up is. <laughs> That's a great, great game and great name. Oh, yeah. I'm really thoughtful. <laughs> well, everyone, that was a time. If you listened to this, I'm going to challenge you. We haven't gotten a written review in over a year. If you write us a review on Apple Podcasts and send us a screenshot on Instagram or send it to our email, we will shout you out and post it with your tag on our Instagram page. And maybe I'll send you a surprise, too. Ooh, a surprise. It literally takes two seconds. Please, 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 please. Yeah. We've got some good, you know, we've got five stars. We just need a couple more written ones. It's been a year. Mm -hmm. We've grown. We've hit 3,000 downloads. We want to get mm -hmm. some um, more people out here, and we only can get more people by you uh, writing about it. So please go do that. Mm -hmm. That's right. It really does help us get discovered by other people. So it is extremely valuable and helpful to us. Yay. Um, only tell them that uh, that we went out of order this one time and that we don't say fucking this much all the time either. <laughs> Next week, we're watching. Right on track. Right on track with Brie Larson and Beverly Mitchell, who has higher billing in this than Oscar winner Brie Larson. <laughs> Did I tell you I saw Brie Larson in the flesh? No. At D23, I was probably about like 50 feet away from wow. her. She was on stage and it was like a smaller stage where anyone could just like walk up and watch her talk. Oh. Well, um, thank you so much for listening. We love you so much. Love you, Val. Love you, Al. Bye, Val. Bye, Al. This podcast was produced by me. And me. And it was edited by me. The music was composed by Michael McNally. You can find us online at thetridentnetwork.com slash dcommentaries hyphen pod. And you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at dcommentaries. dcommentaries is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. Disney Channel Original Movies. Damn it, Allie.